0: cheap guy when I went down I didn't want to pay the extra two bucks to park under the covered garage so when I arrived back I told you it was 43 when I left Baltimore it was five when I arrived it was below seven It was seven below by the wind chill factor down there and I get out and I've got this coat on and, and I'm standing there like this and I have to clean my car off I don't have a scraper and so my car is just covered in snow so I get in the car and I start the car and I'm thinking, boy, this is going to warm up. My feet were cold because snow had gotten down inside my shoes. And I said, man, I just can't wait for this car to warm up. And the thermostat stuck, and it wouldn't open. And so the car was just really, really cold all, all the way home. And it was just enough to get the windshield clear. So it was exciting. It made for a great trip back home. So, <laughs> And so um, appreciate uh, Miss Vicky. She worked it out to get us the uh, parking lot cleaned off. And then Michael today... Uh, went out and took the uh, snow blower and uh, got the rest of the snow off the parking lot for us there and uh, we got uh, all the oil changed in both the vans and uh, just uh, got the sidewalks cleaned off. so uh, if you, if you like the way the parking lot looks, thank him so and uh, so and thank Miss Vicky because she got the fellow over here. I can't think of the name. every time I try to I gotta look at Mike chalk came over and and, and did it and it wasn't free. It was $200, so. <laughs> but we got it done, amen? There was about uh, eight foot of snow on one side of the building over here from Snowdrift, so, and uh, so we needed to get that cleared up. Well, uh, while we were at Jehovah Jireh, just some wonderful things happened, and uh, God really blessed, and uh, a number of folks were able to get their grants. And uh, while I was there, I was asked to do the devotion, and God just placed it upon my heart to uh, bring forth a message to these men and uh, I just expanded a little bit for this evening and uh, but uh, it's in First Chronicles 28, if you'll turn there with me. and I want to talk about serving the Lord with the right spirit, serving the Lord with the right spirit. First Chronicles 28. I want to look at verses 9 and 10, verses 9 and 10. First Chronicles 28, verse 9, the Bible says, And thou, Solomon my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searcheth all hearts, and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he, sh- he will cast thee off forever. Take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Let's pray. You know, what's uh, so interesting about this is David uh, wanted to build the temple, and God told David, he said, David, you're not going to get a chance to build this temple, and here's the reasons why. He said, David, you are a man of war, and you got too much blood on your hands, and certainly David wanted to to build this, and I I shared with the men while I was there, when uh, God first called me into the ministry, I was at Brother Nichols' place, and uh, I was uh, working under him, and and then uh, a series of events took place that... Uh, that the uh, numbers had gone down in the church and the income had gone down. And uh, here I was believing I was called into the ministry full time and I had to go back to work. And uh, I ended up going to work for a company called Runkle's Construction. And I remember the first day that I went back in that office and I sat down in that office and I began to weep. And I just said, Lord, what is wrong? You know, you called me into the ministry full time and here I am in some construction company and didn't understand it. And uh, I had to work there for a little over two years almost uh, in that construction company. And I worked in the interior of the office and I learned some things while I was there and never quite really understood why. And, uh, but God had a plan. And uh, in, in, in 15 years later, uh, God used the knowledge that I had gained there as we put up that building down at Westmoreland. And I had no idea why I was there. I couldn't understand it. I remember being upset and angry even at times. And I began to think about this. David's coming and he's talking to the people, but then he turns and he starts to address his son. And when he begins to address his son, what he starts to share with his son is not about, son, let me show you the plans, the construction plans for this building. And, and he didn't sit down with him. He said, now let's go over the construction plans. I am enamored by the fact that what he thought of first before he told him to be strong and do it because God had called him to build the sanctuary he realized that his son needed character built in him first. Notice what he does, and this is in the process of telling me, He comes to him and he said, Thou, uh, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. What does that have to do with building a building? And the fact is, is that what we see here is David's heart was to build a place of worship for God's people, and yet God denied that request to David. He didn't give David that opportunity to accomplish that, and that was because he was a man of war and blood on his hands. So the task was given to Solomon to complete David's uh, task that uh, initially was addressed to him. And so David turns and he addresses his son, and I believe this is what happened. I think he looked to his son and he said, Son, are you serving the Lord with the right heart and the right spirit? It's not about getting the building built, son. It's about going about it the right way having the right attitude, having the right heart, having the right spirit. And I began to think if you're going to stay strong with, uh, for the Lord, you, you have to have the right spirit, and you've got to follow God's plans. you got to follow God's instructions. You can't come up with your own plan and your own instructions. You have to follow His. And I believe to stay strong in the Lord, you have to follow the plan of action that the Lord sets forth before you. I had no idea why I had to leave the ministry. I had no idea why I would go and work for this construction company. But I will tell you this, when we went to build that building in Westmoreland County, boy, did it come in handy, what I had learned at Runkle's Construction. You think about David. Before David uh, had become king, uh, you remember that he was anointed, and then seven years later, right, God had to do some things in his heart. And So sometimes God calls you to something And there may be a delay between the time in which he called you and the time in which it actually occurs. And so there may be a building process. And so sometimes God calls us to do things, but then he has something in between. And I believe there's four obligations placed upon us if we're going to maintain a right attitude in the work of the Lord. First of all, always remember this. Serve him. Serve him. Make sure that you're serving the Lord. Uh, We have to serve people, and I understand that, and we're in the ministry of doing that, but make sure you're serving the Lord. And the second thought is this, is let him search you. Uh, When you have time, stop, get alone with God, let God look at you. And you say, Peter, what are you talking about? I'm not talking about just your physical outward appearance. When he spoke of David, he said, man looketh on the outward, but God looketh on the what? He saw the interior of that man. You say, well, pastor, David really made some mistakes in his life and he really messed up along the way. And yeah, and yet David knew what he had done in the end. And he came to God and asked for forgiveness. But there was a consequence for all that he did too, was there not? You look at his own son, Absalom, and his own son tried to take his life. There were consequences for the actions that David had taken. But God saw something in David and he saw the interior. Let God search you. And then this, seek him out. When you have something to do, when you have a project to do, when you have uh, uh, plans that you need to make, when you have decisions that you need to make, seek out the Lord. Make sure that you're seeking God first. And and, and don't go to God and say, God, listen, I've planned to do this, and I need you to bless this now. And so often we don't really think that we do that, but often we're doing something and then asking God to go ahead and bless what we've done. And then lastly, be strong in Him. Be strong in His might and in His power and let Him strengthen you in your time of need. So I believe to maintain a right spirit, serve Him. And David gives Solomon some key facts here about staying strong in the Lord. If you would look in your Bible, and he said, Thou, Solomon, my son, know the God of thy father. And notice what he says. And serve Him with a perfect heart. With a perfect heart. And I, I, I challenged myself and... I challenge you tonight, ask yourself, am I serving God with a perfect heart? And you say, well, nobody can do that. What it's saying is, is whenever you're serving the Lord, when you're doing for the Lord, are you giving Him all of you? Are you giving Him every part of you? Are you giving Him your full heart? And then consider this, a just heart, a heart that that is being right with God. Am I really serving God in that manner and in that way? And then a challenge, a ready heart, one that says, yes, Lord. And then a peaceable heart knowing that the outcome is His and not mine. And sometimes we get discouraged because of outcomes of things. And yet, uh, God wants us to lean on Him even in those times. Let me give you a verse to kind of hold on to. 1 Kings 8.61. 1 Kings 8.61, the Bible says, Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord our God to walk in His statutes and to keep His commandments as at this day. Let your heart, therefore, be perfect with the Lord. He's talking about let yourself... Give yourself over to God completely and fully. And uh, this is a willingness to allow God to complete a work through you for His glory. It's not about uh, what we accomplish. It's about what He accomplishes through us. And we have to have that kind of a spirit about ourselves, about what God's willing to accomplish through us. Not only does He say, serve Him with a perfect heart, but He says, also do it with a willing mind. With a willing mind. Uh, Free, delight, desire. And I, I think to myself, do you have a willing mind to serve God? A willing mind is one that when God calls upon you, you're willing to say, yes, Lord. Just yes, Lord. God calls upon you and you say, Lord, yes, I'll, I'll do that. And, and I thought about this. Has God the Holy Spirit ever confronted you? Have you ever been confronted by God the Holy Spirit? I, I shared this story. I may have not shared it here yet, but <clears throat> I have shared this in time past. And I remember a, a time where I, I pulled up to a service station and 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 the Holy Spirit had had pricked my heart to, to witness to this gentleman that was standing there at the service station. And uh, he had pulled up, and he had a truck and a trailer, and he had lawnmowers on the back of that trailer. And, uh, and I was standing there, I was thinking, man, I'm kind of in a hurry. He looks like he's in a hurry, but God the Holy Spirit had really pricked my heart to witness to this man. And I got finished pumping my gas, and I started to get in the car, and Connor was in the car with me, and he said, here, Dad, you ought to witness to that man. Conviction, amen? God wanted to make sure I was going to do my part. (laughs) And I got back out of the car, and I walked over, and I handed the fellow the the, the track. And I asked him, I said, sir, I said, I got a question. I said, my son just gave me this, and he told me to share with you (laughs) what, uh, what we know about the Lord. And I handed it to him. He took it. And I asked him right there at that gas pump, it was a 7-Eleven gas station. I said, if you were to die today, do you know for sure if you'd go to heaven? He said, no. I said, sir, can I just share a few things with you? We're standing outside. It's a little chilly out too yet. And he let me share the gospel with him. And that man bowed his head at that 7-Eleven gas station, prayed and asked Christ to save him. That night when that man left, his dad and his daughter were in that truck with him. They were going down the highway. And when they were going down the highway, the trailer got away from him and it flipped the truck over. And it killed his daughter and his dad. He was saved. Morgan's wicker was in our church. He knew the man. And he said, Pastor, he said, you led this man to the Lord the other night down at the service station. He just told me the story of what happened. And he didn't pass away, but his family passed away. But it impacted his heart so much. That young man's serving the Lord today, by the way. But I want you to understand something. Sometimes the Holy Spirit pricks our heart to do something. And when you get confronted by the Holy Spirit, follow through. Follow through. Don't don't allow uh, feeling embarrassed or ashamed or thoughts of we're in a hurry, we got this. Listen, when God moves on your heart to do something, do it. Just act upon it. That's those times when we just have to say, yes, Lord. (laughs) And you know, all of us have been confronted that way at some point, have we not? And God wants something from us at times, and, and, and we can restrict what the Holy Spirit can do by just resisting the Holy Spirit of God, by saying, not right now, we're too busy, or this would be embarrassing, or not right now, Lord. And yet, when God the Holy Spirit confronts you, follow through on it. Let God use you. Maybe it's a witnessing to a stranger, or maybe God wanted you to do something specific toward a special offering, or you just never know what God wants you to do. But when He impacts your heart that way, act upon it. Now, uh, people are the most important part of God's work. There's nothing more important than people. When we have guests at Calvary Chapel, everyone in here should try to find out who they are. Everyone. We're all on the same team. Amen. Are we not? Everybody should want to know. We should rally around that person and find out who they are, welcome them to the church, and just say, hey, listen, if you need anything, let us know. It, you know, you, you start doing that, and you'd be shocked at what God will do in those people's hearts. People are the most important part of God's work, and we must stay strong and serve Him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. To help build the house of the Lord, it takes unity of the faith. And, and listen, uh, one man can only do so much, but many involved, it's amazing what God can accomplish. And and, and so just be willing whenever people walk through the door and you don't know them. Don't feel like, boy, I don't feel like getting outside of my comfort zone. Do it and watch what God does. Amen? And let God work in your heart that way. Stay strong by serving the Lord, keeping the right spirit by following God's instructions. And then stay close in contact with God and allow Him to look inside your heart every day. And I believe he says here to Solomon, he said, "...the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts." (laughs) I just want you to know, God knows what you're thinking anyway, amen? I might as well get alone with him and share with him, Lord, search me, oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And by the way, God reveals things to us. You know as well as I do. Listen, I got red blood flowing through my veins just like you do. And sometimes we have wrong thoughts or we have negative thoughts or we have bad thoughts or we do those kinds of things. And God knows our what, folks? He knows our thoughts. So I might as well tell him, Lord, help me, because I'm not thinking right right now. And God, I want you to help me through this. I believe this is what David's telling Solomon. And you know why? Because David made the mistake, instead of being in battle when he was supposed to be, he was up on a rooftop. He's now in his 50s. He's been in battle so much, and he's been embattled, and I think he just walked out on that ledge that night, and he began to look out, and he looked out over that city, and he turned, and he looked over, and he sees Uriah's wife. And lust started to set in. And what happened to him is is he had his eyes on the wrong thing, didn't he? And what happens sometimes is whenever we have that downtime, it's some of the worst time for us. Those are the times where we fall into traps that Satan will set for you. And David certainly that night could have turned his eyes away from that. And I want to challenge all of you in here, especially you men, to be careful with pornography and all that kind of stuff that's out there. And just because you saw it doesn't mean you need to keep on looking at it. And when you see it, turn your head. Listen, the reason David ran into all his troubles was because he kept his eyes in the wrong direction that night, didn't he? And when he lusted upon that woman, that woman was then sent for and brought to him. And the servant even said to David, is this not Uriah's wife? Do you think that should not have convicted David? But what was on his mind? David was on his mind that night and not God. And so what happens is is he turned his heart away from God for a moment. But here's the idea. When he says, the Lord searcheth all hearts... That word searcheth means that he treads or frequents the heart. (laughs) And you think about him searching you from the inside out. That's where that Psalm 139.23 comes in for us, that we should allow God in, willingly allowing God in, serving with what kind of a heart? A perfect heart and a what? Willing mind. A perfect heart and a willing mind says, Lord, search me and check me out and make sure I'm okay. (laughs) And Lord, whenever you reveal something to me, help me to get that thing right with you. Let me not carry this thing around. I believe if David had been where he was supposed to be that night uh, instead of out there on that rooftop, that would have never happened. And, and David allowed himself to be tempted. Now, when you're alone with the Lord and you ask for the search, uh, don't fear asking some questions of God. Lord, are my motives right? Are my motives right? Am I, am I doing this for the right reasons? Are my motives right? And then ask God maybe perhaps this, and think about this. Not only are my motives right, is my thought life right? Is my thought life right? Uh, I had the privilege, you all have met Brother uh, Lou Rossi. Lou Rossi is one of my accountability partners. Lou Rossi can have my cell phone, my computer, he can look on anything he wants at any given time. And Brother Lou Rossi can call Pastor Warnick and say, Warnock, are you living your life right? I don't have a problem with that. Because I either have to lie to Lou Rossi and God, amen, or I have to be truthful. And the thing of it is, is that there's nothing wrong with having some accountability partners in your life. Holding yourself accountable to someone else that they can have that kind of situation with you. Hey, listen, David needed that in his life at a moment in time, didn't he? And when Nathan came in, and he tells him the story, and David says, we got to take care of this. That man's wrong. And he says, David, thou art the what? You're the one that did this. Accountability, isn't it? Oh, and David's heart was pricked immediately because he knew what he had done wrong. And here we are. We're saying, are my motives right? Is my thought life right? Is my spirit right? Is my spirit right? What's my attitude like? How many of you wake up and think, I don't feel good today, so anybody that gets in my way is just going to have a bad day just because I'm having a bad day? And you act that way all day long. And some people look at you like, what's wrong with you? Nothing, what's wrong with you? And, and the thing of it is, is because I'm having a bad day, everybody has to have a bad day. Guess what? The world doesn't revolve around you, amen? And I want you to consider this. Not only is my thought life right, is my motives right, is my spirit right, am I serving the Lord for the right reasons? Am I serving the Lord for the right reasons? Am I I doing it because I love the Lord? And I just want you to think about this tonight. Make sure you give God adequate time each day during this search to reveal to you areas that you need to improve in. Because everybody can use some improvement, amen? I mean, I know I need improvement in areas of my life. There are problems in my life, and God knows exactly what they are because He knows all the imaginations of the what? Thoughts. He knows what's going on in our lives. And so therefore, why would I not turn to him and say, Lord, help me in these areas I know, and he reveals them to us. And allow him time to encourage you in areas that you're doing well in Give God some time. When you're alone with Him, it's not just a laundry list and you go in and lay it out to Him and say, and it's not ordering your food at McDonald's. It is really spending some time alone in a personal relationship with God and talking to Him and letting Him reveal to you through the power of His Word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of prayer. And He's talking to you and He's communicating with you through all of these avenues. And then you know when God's speaking to your heart. And God wants you. He wants all of you. And He wants you to serve Him with what kind of a perfect heart and a what? Willing mind. Perfect heart and a willing mind. Make sure your desire is to please the Lord and not men. And folks, listen, we can all fall prey to this. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. (laughs) Doing the will of God from the what? Heart. Not because people can see what you're doing. Not because you're pleasing people around you. Now, people may be pleased with what you're doing, but that is not your purpose, and that's not your intended purpose. And he tells us in Ephesians 6 6, not with eye services, men pleasers. And when the Lord does a heart search, ask him to help you to focus on pleasing him. Lord, help me to please you. I want to please my Savior, amen. I want to please my God. I mean, Jesus Christ even said unto himself, I do always that which pleased the what? Father, why would we not want to be that? If He is our example, then why would we not want to please the Father? And consider this. Sometimes what pleases the Lord does not please others. Amen? I know there are times when my family's not pleased with me. I'm not talking about my immediate family. I'm talking about family I go back home to see. And they say, uh, listen, uh, we're all getting together and we're going down here. And I said, no, not me. Because <laughs> I know what's about to happen. We're about to have a down, And they're about to go down with some drinking down. And I ain't going down. And I'm thinking to myself, that ain't happening. And I just don't want to be in the midst of that. And I don't want my kids to be in the midst of that. Well, we'll just do it in the other room. Yeah, that makes it easier. You'll go hide and do it. Why would you have to hide if it's, there's nothing wrong with it? Why are you hiding? And my family gets upset with me at times. But listen, that's the time when you've got to stay strong. Sometimes what pleases the Lord does not please others, but stay strong and let him search you and then help you with your motives. David's desire was to please God and not to be seen of men. And I think that's evident. You know why it's evident? Because the task was what he wanted to do. He wanted to build that temple. And God said, that's not happening. And instead of getting upset, he turned around and encouraged his son in the Lord, didn't he? And said, now listen, son, here's what you've got to do. And so he didn't get upset. He gave it and turned it over to Solomon. So have a heart to go after God every day through his word and through prayer. And I believe to maintain a right spirit, seek him out. In verse 9, it says this, The Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of thoughts. Now watch this. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. If you're really after God, remember, draw nigh unto God and he will what? Draw nigh unto you. If you seek Him, He will be found of you. If you're really seeking out God, folks, He is there for you. And so David, reminding his son that God's there in the midst of all of this, to maintain a right spirit, seek Him out. If you seek after God with a perfect heart and with a willing mind, allowing the Lord to search your heart, He'll be found of you. That word seek is a wonderful word. And when you think about seeking after something, we used to play a game when I was a kid. We used to play hide and seek. How many of you ever played hide and seek? So we added another element to it. We called it kick the can. So what we used to do is we used to set up a can, and so they would go find people, and then they'd bring them in, and if you could sneak in and kick the can, everybody got set free and could go hide again. I'm just sharing it with you in case you all want to play with me next week. But seek is to diligently inquire. It's to have some determination. Are you determined to go after God? Are you determined to really seek after Him? You know, when you're praying it's not just you speaking into the air, you're actually talking to God. (laughs) Think about that for a moment. Just ponder on that thought for a moment, who you're speaking to. This is not just talking into the air, but it's a private time of worship alone with your Savior. You're actually speaking to God. Think about that for just a moment. You have something that the unsaved world doesn't. You have a direct line to God. And how many of us fail to use it how many of us fail to to not really take advantage of that to really seek him out perhaps there are thoughts of what to pray about and just think about this i you know we 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 go here every wednesday night and we have a list and i've shared with you you know it's hard sometimes to just sit down and pray over every one of these but what you could do is break them up and this could be monday and this could be tuesday and this could be wednesday and this could be thursday and this could be friday and this could be saturday and this could be sunday Right? You could break it up a little bit. I have a list of pastors in my office and I pray for them by name. And I know that I have to pray for these ones on Monday and these ones on Tuesday and these ones on Wednesday. And the reason that I do that is because I'll never remember to pray for all of them at one time. But if I write them down and I write down the day, I know that I'll pray for them. And by the way, your pastor does the same for the people of this church. And I pray for you by name. And you have a day. Which one's my day, Pastor? i got to tell you what's coming up. (laughs) But the thing of it is, is that we ought to pray with intention. Would you agree? We ought to intend to pray. We ought to come to God. And listen, he said come boldly before the throne of grace, didn't he? He wants us to bring these things to him. And, And, you know, there's a number of folks on the cancer list here. I mean, really bathing those folks in prayer. Asking for the will of God in their life. I mean, taking it to God and asking God to do something. Being passionate about it. So we can pray for the lost. I mean, look at our community and the county around us. And I mean, just the world in which we live. Folks need saved. Amen. And and you say, well, who do I pray for? Start making a list. I got a list. I, I have a list of people that I'm praying, Lord. And I'm asking him, please let me witness to these people. Let me share the gospel with them. I pray that they get saved. And start praying for people by name. Uh, uh, Miss Anita's got a young lady that she works with over here at the bank. I'm praying for her just regularly that she would get saved. Praying God might prompt Anita's heart and they get alone somewhere and she can share the gospel with her. If nothing else, that that I can get uh, with Anita and her and, and share the gospel with her. Pray for people. Pray God give you the power and the strength to do so. Listen, serving God with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. Listen, He knows that all the imaginations and thoughts. He knows what's going on inside of us. And the challenge to us is, is to seek Him out and then to go and do His will. Hey, listen, we've got sick and ill that need to be prayed for. We've got missionaries that need to be prayed for. Miss uh, Vicky's posting the letters out here on this bulletin board. Go out and read the letters. There are needs constantly. And you say, what do I pray about? There's plenty to pray about. And here's the thing. Start to get to the place where your prayers are not so selfish. Try to make them selfless. Try to go to God for a day selflessly. Asking God for what others may need. Do you know what I believe when you do that and you have that spirit and you're really sincere about that? I believe God meets a lot of our needs when we have our mind on what God's mind's on. Amen? And when we have our focus upon our Lord and upon what He wants, it will change our thinking. We get so focused on what we want and what we desire and what we want God to do for us, we fail to really pray the way that we ought to. in earnest prayer for others, missionaries, the lost, relationships. When you pray, take time to be silent. And I really believe this with all my heart, folks. There has to be a time where you've prayed and then be silent. There is something about that still small voice, isn't there? And it does speak to our hearts. And what it is is you're giving God an opportunity once you've revealed things to Him for Him to reveal some things back to you. It's not an audible voice, but either through your studies or something He'll bring to your attention. And you'd be amazed at how God will speak to your heart. And He'll bring things to your attention and how He wants to change things. Be silent after you've prayed and let God speak to your heart while you're still in an attitude of prayer. Listen, it's not an audible voice, but sometimes conviction comes when we're praying, doesn't it? And when God brings that conviction, don't ignore it. When that conviction comes, say, Lord, what would you have me to do about this? And, and you know in your hearts whenever that conviction comes whether that's to go do something for someone else or whether that's to confess some sin or whether that's to act upon something that you've read, some principle in the Scriptures or something that you need to let go of in your life. Listen, God brings that to your hearts and He can help you remove those things or add those things that need to be added. Be sensitive to the Lord and His leading through the Bible and through preaching and through studying His Word. Now, prayer does so much good for the heart, folks. It really does. And I'm talking about really getting alone with God. You have no idea how much prayer can really help everybody. And, and really getting alone with God and really spending some time with Him and bathing some things in prayer that you know that the Lord's leading your heart to do. And it's so wonderful for your relationship with the Lord. And folks, you've heard me bring this up many, many time. And I love King Hezekiah in the scriptures. When I look at King Hezekiah, I'm thinking, this is just, if we met him, he would just be the guy on the corner almost. And and the thing of it is, is that King Hezekiah, whenever he was in trouble, whenever he received the letter, whenever he uh, felt that his defenses were down, it says that King Hezekiah went into the house of the Lord and he spread it before the Lord. He didn't decide what he was going to do. He decided he was going to take it to God to find out what he wanted him to do. And God took care of that situation. And sometimes we're so quick to try to take care of the situation that we forgot to ask God what he would have us to do. Prayer. Our command in the New Testament, draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. So to remain strong... You must seek after God every day, getting that time alone with Him. And then you need to be strengthened by God. The last verse says, take heed now. When he says take heed now, he's saying, hey, listen up, pay attention, because he has something important that he wants you to get to now. And he says, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. To maintain a right spirit, you have to be strong in Him. And listen, folks, if you're trying to get by in your Christian life on your own strength, it's going to drag you down in every battle you face. When you try to do it by yourself, it's going to drag you down in every battle you face. Because we're incapable of doing that. And you will face it, and it'll be too difficult to overcome. But the Bible clearly teaches us in Philippians 4.13, and you folks know this verse, and you say, I know that verse. I know, but when the time comes, do you use this verse? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. In those moments when we're weak, he is strong. Amen. When the Lord uses the term take heed is to realize or to consider that the Lord has chosen each believer to fulfill a work for him. And this was not just a a structure uh, used as a tool for Solomon to brag about his accomplishments. That's not what this was about but a means of showing the power of God in Israel. And so God had a plan, and He wanted that temple built, and He was going to use Solomon to do it, and that temple was a beautiful place. Well, listen to me tonight. Your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And every one of these temples are a beautiful temple to be used of God. And so our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God and God intends to use that temple, amen? His desire is to take your life and shape it and mold it into what He needs. And you know what He needs? He needs some people with a perfect heart and with a willing mind saying, yes, Lord, I'll be used of you, allowing you to be searched of God and letting God look into you and say, okay, God, what is it that I need to clean up and clean out? And when we're at that place where we have that kind of relationship with our Lord and He sees that willingness to be used of Him, listen, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Amen? And He wants to use your life. And you think about this for just a moment. Be aware that the Lord has given every Christian responsibility with the temple He's provided. And he said, What? Know ye not your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own, for you have bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And so, you know, being strong in Him is important. Not anything I can do on my own, but what I can do through Him. And I believe David was communicating to Solomon to know that all this was to please the Lord. And we're told in the New Testament, our salvation... It's not just for our own, but it's for the purpose of pleasing the Lord as well. It's not just for us. When God has given us so great a salvation, what do we do with so great a salvation that's been given unto us? And God wants us to use that salvation, God has given us a temple that is not our own, but we have a responsibility to build it. And here's what I want to challenge you. God wants us to take care of our bodies physically. He does. Our physical bodies belong to Him. So if our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God, we should take care of ourselves physically. Go to your doctor's appointment. Find out what's wrong with yourself. Get things taken care of. Take care of your physical body. Why? Because it's the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Not only physically take care of your body, but but also morally take care of your body. Be careful with some things. I, I, I used to preach a message called, Never Take a Second Look. And too many men are too busy taking a second look where they ought not to. And ladies, maybe some of you are guilty of it too, but I, I do know that, that men have a tendency to linger too long and look a little too long. And their eyes are gazing upon things they ought not be gazing upon. And, and God, uh, in, in the book of Job, he, he asked Him to put blinders on Him, that He not look upon His maidens that he not look to his left, to his right, that Job would have a right heart with God even in those arenas of his life. You know, if David had had those blinders on, if he had been reminded of what Job had said, maybe, just maybe, he would not have done that. And think about it tonight. Our body being that temple. And God's given us this temple. And it's not our own, but we have a responsibility to build it physically and morally. And I believe we have a responsibility to build it spiritually. How could you possibly believe that, Pastor? Because he said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You have a responsibility to build that body spiritually. You have a responsibility to build that thing up spiritually. I can't do it for you. I can preach the word of God and encourage you to do it, but you have to take responsibility for that spiritual building. And you have to take some action on your own. And consider this. When I look at this, he said, take heed now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. And I think we could just insert our names there. You can insert your name there. God has given you a temple the Holy Spirit of God. Now, what am I going to do with it? And he said, be strong and do it. He gave us something to build. And he wants us to build it physically, he wants us to build it morally, and he wants us to build it spiritually. And I believe that's the responsibility that we have before the Lord. So I challenge you tonight to turn to the Lord and serve Him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind and allowing Him to search your heart and to give you the strength that you need to complete a work for Him.